0: all right welcome everyone episode 25 welcome back quarter of a century of the wide lens podcast uh matt rigby here's with me We're covering the latest topics in financial markets, and we're recording this on the 29th of July. This is a recession special podcast. Oh, Are we there yet? (laughs) See the kids in the back of the car. (laughs) (laughs) And mum and dad yelled, yes, we are. Yes, finally. We're going to cover that, and we're going to cover a whole lot more topics uh, this or today. Let's get straight into Matt's Mark a Minute. Um, That will hopefully not be 15 minutes today. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Depends if you can keep out of it. All right.
0: I'll try and stay out of it. Let's okay, go. Okay, let's go. Uh,
1: the ASX, the last week, up about 1.5% year to date, down around 95 so we're slowly clawing that back. Uh, Sezzle, which I uh, paid out on a little bit last week, up a lazy we 300%. We've got to stop. 300% over the we last week.
0: We've got to stop. I didn't hit record on this. Uh,
1: <laughs> what are you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I thought you we were celebrating.
0: No, no, no. Sorry, man. Got to, okay, uh, we're recording. Okay, Riverside is recording now. Is that recording? Yeah, these are all recording. But it's Riverside because oh. then they can't get Oh, recording. okay. All right. Fucking hell. <laughs> 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 Let's do it again. Take two. Done. Welcome, everyone, to the Wide Lens Podcast. We're back. Episode number 25. Quarter
1: of a century. We're a
0: quarter of the way there. We're not. It's perpetual. Okay um i've got matt rigby here we're going to cover the latest topics in financial markets and we are recording this on friday the 29th of july and today is a recession special podcast uh, are we there yet kids back of the car you can picture it driving down the road <laughs> are we there yet well maybe we are maybe, maybe we're, we're not, not. let's uh, we we'll knows. talk about that and a whole lot more but let's get straight into matt's market minute
1: Alrighty, uh aussie market ASX 300 for the last week up about one and a half percent still down nine and a half year to date slowly clawing that back uh we're getting there uh sezzle, so i gave a little uh little curry to sezzle last week it's up 300 percent no that's not a typo 300 percent over the last week zip who some people may or may not own up 96 percent last week that's on the back of the week before being 30 percent Having a, a, a good run. Not quite back to 11 bucks, Rob, but we're getting there. Um, I think it was, like 11, it was more than $11, but anyway, it's uh on. Zip shutting down some of their non-profitable money-losing uh, money divisions. So that's certainly helping. Good, good strategy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's solid, right? Uh, Macquarie up 2.6%, out with yet another record profit. Wow. $4.7 Huge. Up 56% from 2021. Their 53rd consecutive year of profitability. Wow. What a great business. Uh, Kogan up 49% on the back of better than expected performance sales. Year to date, expected to be about up 1%. uh, Whereas, sorry, they're expecting 1% growth. Market was expecting flat. Uh, Flight center, um, solid business down 2.3. They were up initially announcing better uh, or an upgraded guidance for 22. Travel. Market travel, mate, everyone's flying. Everyone except me. You're flying. You're everywhere. I'm flying. Yeah, busy man. Um, they were up initially. My, I gave it back a little bit, but, but better earnings. And Westpac up 3%, uh, threatening to cut lending to oil, gas, and cement businesses, which I thought was interesting. Uh, ESG. ESG. I don't know. We'll get into that another time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the NASDAQ up 1%. For the week, down 23 year-to-date. Still, uh, refinitive data was working this morning. So 53 stocks... Thanks, guys. 53 stocks down more than 20% year-to-date, so 53%, and 18 in positive territory. Uh, the S&P 500, up just under 2% for the week, down 15 year-to-date. So there's 116, or 23%, in positive territory, and... Um, And 194 or 39% down 20%, around 300 down 10%. Still in the middle of US earnings season and and probably really ramped up this week. There's a whole bunch of companies. I'll try and rip through them. Um, So Visa down about 3%, Coke up about 4%, McDonald's down, uh, sorry, up around 4%. These all beat, sorry. Uh, Etsy up 9%, Chipotle smashing it up about 12%. Uh, slightly lower revenue, but much stronger profitability, and in fact, uh, their food costs as a percentage of sales are falling. Wow, that's how much sales. Are so increasing. that's how much their pricing power is. So mm. they're just jacking prices up. Crazy, crazy. Uh, 3M up four percent. General Electric down. Uh, Was Chipotle
0: around when you were in the US?
1: Yeah, man. Did oh, you? So good. Is it good? Yeah.
0: Is it comparable to anything here? Like a Mad Max, Guzman and Gomez?
1: Guzmani. So the dude who started Guzmani lived in New York, loved Chipotle. I believe this is the story I read. I came back here, nothing was like it, so modelled it off. Right. Chipotle. Uh, I am going to say Chipotle's better, uh, but far out it's good. Mm. Okay. Really good. Uh, where was it?
0: Sales, um, increasing their pricing power at
1: Chipotle. That's how strong it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyway, on with, on with earnings. Three M up four percent. General Electric up about seven. Apple came out with earnings this morning, up mm-hmm. about one percent after market. They're up three. Um, I'll get into that in a little bit. Amazon down two percent, but announced after market and up thirteen and a half percent after market for a one point. Yeah, wow. Something big, trillion dollar business. Uh, Mastercard up one point to UPS down about 0.2. So they all beat. Uh, So companies that missed Snap last week, I probably misled everyone, if anyone was listening. Um, I think I said they did well. Not so much. The market disagreed. Um, So their revenue increased slightly, uh, but their earnings got walloped, uh, with one analyst saying that the cash bonfire at Snap shows no signs of abating. That's not a good thing. (laughs) Uh, they're down 13% this week. I think they were down about 30% after they announced yeah, right. um, the next morning. Um, yeah, so they're in all sorts of trouble. Free cash flow is just massively negative there. Uh, Twitter, up about 5%. They missed Microsoft, up 4%. They missed Google, up or Apple, uh, Alphabet. No, what are they? Uh, yeah, Alphabet. Uh, up 25 They missed strong ad sales, um, Just reminding everyone that they're not Twitter or Snap. What does that that mean? Well, they have uh, still attracting new clients to ad spend, basically. Uh, That's what it was. Uh, Best Buy down about 1%. Meta up about 7%, although first ever revenue drop. And I think uh, up 7%. I need to check that. Maybe that's not right. Uh, And Intel down about 1.6%. Do you want to check that for me? Yeah, I'll have a quick look. So I think they dropped a bit last night. They're yeah, down five. Oh, there you go. Last night or week for the week? Uh,
0: last night. Yeah, okay. Yesterday. They're down 5.22%.
1: Okay, there you go. Market not happy. First ever revenue drop uh, for them, which is notable, I think. And, and Zuckerberg didn't come out and paint a particularly great picture. I think he said we're in the middle of it and it might not get better for a little bit. Mm. So, well, don't you think the market priced that in some months ago? Well, they should have. Yeah, I mean, they got clobbered.
0: Yeah, oh, like thirty-three percent.
1: Yeah, uh, interestingly, revenue, not revenue, user growth, user engagement increased uh, for Meta. So that was interesting. Yeah, they
0: they they they, they, they fell 3183 percent earlier in February.
1: Yeah, that's right. They got belted. That was when their first user user engagement drop. I think. Yep. Or user yeah. drop. That's right. Uh, just a little bit more on earnings. Just a couple of interesting bits here. Uh, so Apple eighty-five billion dollars in the quarter. That's what they generated: forty from phone sales, nineteen from services, which is interesting. Wasn't that long ago that was three or four billion? Um, Other products, eight billion. Max seven and iPad seven. Microsoft, something interesting for you, Rob. So their fourth quarter revenue, fifty-two billion dollars. Okay, their cloud annualized revenue, hundred billion dollars. Yeah. Five years ago, the total company's revenue, $97 billion. <laughs> How crazy is that? That's crazy. That's insane. Mental. It's actually
0: insane. Uh, yeah. And who knows what the Netflix uh, partnership's going to do for,
1: um, for yeah, for later on this year. Maybe acquisition. Who knows? Uh, all right. Um, Visa, their CEO came out and said, based on our numbers, we haven't seen any evidence of consumers pulling back spending in our markets. What's Visa a um, sort of a a proxy for is it the middle class is it the that's a good question uh i mean amex diners i don't i don't know if anyone uses diners in australia anymore in the u.s they certainly do i don't know i would say they're probably higher net worth yeah probably just the average yeah they're a mastercard and they came out with uh they missed but their shares are up
0: that that goes back to what we've been talking about about what the rhetoric is versus what the numbers are telling us. But we'll talk a bit. We'll talk a lot more about that today. Sorry, uh, Mastercard didn't miss.
1: They beat same as Visa. So people are still spending. Um, Walmart they don't report until August, but updated their market outlook with lower guidance. Uh, that wasn't great. McDonald's uh, U.S. sales three percent. Non-U.S. sales thirteen percent growth. So that's interesting. Um, Shopify they're down about nine percent. Cutting 10% of the workforce and uh, Toby Lutkick I think it is. I've messed that up. Anyway, so he's just basically put his hand up and said, look, we expected COVID levels would continue and I got it wrong, which is kind of refreshing to hear. Pretty brave, isn't CEO it? The CEO to come out and say that. I think he owns a big chunk of the company, so his job safe. Um, so it's now clear that the bet didn't pay off. What we now see is a mix. Uh, reverting to roughly where it was pre COVID, i.e., sales online and in store. And there's a really interesting chart. Uh, I think I've got it later on in the director's cut. We'll chat about it then. But basically, sales are uh, kind of reverting back to the long term trend. Um, it's not right. surprising, though, is it? With the benefit of hindsight. You can no, kind of sit there and say, not.
0: Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but while yeah. you're in the midst of it, like, well, this is, this this is how we're all going to do things forever. The world's changed, yeah, yeah. I mean, the I, world's
1: always changing, and I think online sales will continue to grow as a proportion of total sales, but it's not at that. We sort shared of a chart
0: a little while ago that showed US uh, online sales have basically come back to pre pandemic levels, yeah. yeah well, no. I think
1: that's what this chart was showing. We might as well let's bring it up now. Um, so, uh, US commerce. E-commerce adoption growth rate. So you can see there, it's just reverting back to what oh, yeah. the long-term trend is. Yeah, we, we've we um, we've
0: we've looked at that chart in the in,
1: in a previous episode. So yeah, that's yeah, pretty interesting. And you know, I guess it's hard. To what's interesting what to what me happens.
0: is is that it obviously the massive spike, but probably more interestingly, it's just sort of this gradual decline down back to the long-term trend rather than this
1: sharp. Not an equal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. cool And maybe that's uh, rolling lockdowns or people's lingering concerns. Uh, and the last one, PayPal, up about 4% uh, on news that uh, hedge fund and activist manager uh, Elliot Management has taken a undisclosed stake in the business uh, with expectations that Elliot's going to push for a merger with Pinterest, who, not by uh, coincidence, they also have a 9% stake in. So uh, I think it was earlier this year or late last year. How does Pinterest year? make money? Uh, so they sell ads and Pinterest kind of shits me like you find Really? Yeah. God, people love that shit, man.
0: So I just it's just, just pin It's stuff. one of those things where I don't know you go on the website and it's like cluttered Busy. with crap yeah and yeah, you yeah. if you touch anything like six ads pop up like it's just,
1: <laughs> and you like just close all the windows just I mean the user user engagement's quite high at Pinterest what um, does it, I don't even know what it does well they just 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 like photos so we when we were doing outer renovations you know we'd be on it going all right. What is sta- what, what can we do under the stairs? What, what are yeah, some ideas? Yeah. Yep. You know, that sort of stuff. Or, yep. I mean, it, that's renovation and, and homes and sports and all Cooking sorts of Cooking and stuff. a whole bunch of things, yeah, right? Yeah. crap, man. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. Um, yeah, who knows? Some, some corporate activity potentially there. Uh, emerging markets, last five days down 1% year to date, down about fourteen and a half. and um, Oil, up about 1% for the last week uh, and up 282 year to date, sitting at about 97.30 US a barrel. Uh, and Bitcoin, up 7% for the last week, still down 49.5% year to date, sitting at $24,088 US dollars a coin.
0: I haven't been looking at my Bitcoin holdings either. Uh, although I haven't looked at my, my my share portfolio for for a little. I actually looked at it the other day. It's actually jumped quite a bit.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Well,
0: markets are up. Interrupt- Markets I mean, are up. We'll you, touch you, on that later. But, you,
1: you, uh, yeah, we won't. Yeah, markets uh, have, have have bounced.
0: Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get to the first first topic. Uh, full capitulation is opportunity d- knocking. Is that right? Is opportunity knocking, or
1: possibly okay. maybe it's already knocked.
0: It's already so, knocked. <laughs> and they've left because no one opened the door. <laughs> um, this headline from Bloomberg, which uh, which we'll bring up now, full capitulation could mean opportunity knocking. There's deep negati- negativity over the outlook for the economy, but previous occasions when big fund managers favoured bonds this much turned out to be historically great for stocks. So what I'm going to do is I'll bring this first chart up now and what this chart is showing, so B of A, um, their global research team, go out and survey fund managers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, this may be for the benefit of listeners. Uh, and they ask them a series of questions and they basically then plot those questions into charts and you can see what the responses are to some of those questions. And one of those questions, for example, uh, is uh, where fund managers are allocating money. Yep. And so what this first one is showing uh, is the equity allocation versus bonds. So uh, where are you allocating money? Stocks versus bonds. And for those who can't um, see this chart, basically it's a, it's a net asset allocate net percentage of asset allocation say they are overweight equities versus bonds there are basically three times in the last 21 or 22 years whereby fund managers have been underweight equities overweight bonds the first in this chart is back in march of 2009 yep the second is in may of 2020 and the 30s of in July of 2022 and you can see what happens uh, subsequently in the previous two times that we've seen this over the last 20 or so years and so what professional money managers and money allocators are are doing right now is they are allocating money to governments government bonds where their real rate of return is well and truly negative Mm -hmm. instead of allocating to corporate America, this is US US data, corporate America and and, and American businesses. I've got a few charts here. And so the second chart I wanna show is, based on that, how have stocks actually performed every time we've gone uh, uh, gone through the same process? So this, this, this is from Bloomberg. Time to buy stocks was the question mark. The last two times bonds were overweighted, stocks enjoyed big rallies. Have a look at the red one in the far left in 2009 when money managers and asset allocators were overweight bonds, underweight stocks. And then you've got the second one in, um, in 2020. Interestingly, they were money managers were overweight bonds well and truly after, after. the market had bottomed. Just notice that it's crazy, right? And, and and I I distinctly remember this um, when we were running a whole bunch of charts and whatnot and looking at um, markets during that that time, and markets had rallied all around the world, and they went from you know five percent to eight percent to ten percent. Fifteen percent, and then they clock the twenty percent magical bull market number, right? But no one would believe it. It was mm. the bull market that mm. no one believed, or no one wanted to believe. Yeah. And it's interesting that even after that bounce, that's when money managers switched. For for some, not all. Sorry, as, when as we've noticed. Anyway, yes, sorry, that's keep true. Going. Uh, and so, um, why are they doing this? This was an interesting one. I hadn't seen this. Um, this chart before so i'll bring this third one up is net percentage taking higher than normal risk levels and so what it what it's showing is um i'll put a link to the bloomberg article in the notes well. you can you can read it but basically what Bva is saying is why are you taking this position do you feel like it is Less risky or more risky, and the response is
1: that's the overweight bond. We're, we're
0: going overweight bonds yep. because we think it's less risky, and I'll and I'll explain okay. to you later on a little bit little more about why. Yep. But the la- again, the, the last time this was in October of two thousand and eight, which wasn't quite perfectly the bottom, but it was it was uh, pretty damn close. close uh, yeah. Only three, only six months. Uh, early mm-hmm. but you could see what happened after that fact again we're, we're in that same place in july of 2020 and finally i'll i'll bring this final chart up um the, why are they feeling this way glow and this is um chart number three in the b of a deck global profit optimism at, at all time lows they are feeling this way because they're of the view that profits won't improve and we're just going through earnings season now and it's a it's a bit of a mixed bag as it as it, uh, You sort of hear that term, I think, too often enough, mixed bag of, of results. But um, if profits aren't improving and if profits are the thing that driving share prices up, you know, we're going to take a, a, a less risky bet. We're going to go to treasuries, right? But again, if we have a look at this, where net percentage, say, global profits will improve – Negative number means they're not going to improve. Mm-hmm. September 98, bottom. March 01, bottom. September 08, bottom. April 20, bottom. July 2022. Watch this space to be continued. <laughs> so with, with all, of, all of that, money managers, uh, I almost feel like are getting sucked into the headlines or are they foreseeing... And predicting what might happen in Q2. What do you think about this?
1: Yeah, I don't. know. It's really interesting. Going back to your first chart, uh, the net percentage overweight equities bonds. The first thing that jumped out at me there is 2001, two, three, during the tech wreck, they weren't overweight. That surprises me. Um, mm. But to your latter point, yeah, uh, you know, earnings expectations I thought were still pretty reasonable maybe the inflation impact is starting to weigh on you know managers allocations or the inflation expectations or, or the recession talk because um, you would think naturally earnings take a fall in recession as people start to pull back mm-hmm. on spending so that that kind of makes sense uh but as we've mentioned a few times before um there's the market's also forward looking so if mm. if we are mm-hmm. or are not in recession uh, maybe the markets already factored that in, and we're starting to see that we'll get out of recession in six months' time, and and things will start to look better because rates will be lower and, and and off the market goes. Whereas the bonds allocation is, is maybe caught up in today, not not looking forward. Uh, it, it's pretty interesting. Um, earnings are the dry, earnings are the key, and the U.S. earnings season so far has been above expectations, although. Not always growing. So Apple's uh, earnings were slightly lower, although you know quite a bit above expectation, lower than the previous quarter, but above expectations. So maybe there is a slow decline in, in global corporate earnings, but still higher than kind of where the market has repositioned itself to, which will lead to the market bouncing.
0: It's a game of expectation, isn't it? Really? All it's about where you an- where
1: you anchor yourselves yeah. in whatever
0: metric you're looking at.
1: I mean you could argue that we've anchored ourselves ...quite low because the markets have fallen, what, 15 percent in the S&P this year. Uh, is that to, reflective to of a 15% fall in earnings and, and maybe it's only going to be a... a, a I don't know, well, a some companies... cyclical fall. Some companies have. Yeah, absolutely. But they're not the ones that are driving sure. you know, indexes, say Amazon and, and, you know, the big boys. Um, it's just, I mean, we've hmm.
0: seen number of money managers and fund managers... ...and some that we've um, invested in in the past, whereby even during the pandemic this this survey we were seeing it real in real life with our own money yes yeah and you know that didn't play out well no unfortunately
1: no it didn't and so the
0: the difficulty and i was chatting to deb about it last night and i said oh you know the 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 market's up about 12 percent over the last few weeks and she's like oh wow what happened to you know the doom and gloom and everybody's selling and i and um, we we're just talking about market timing and how difficult it is to try and time purchases. Because we we're talking about, um, you know, we're selling a house at the moment, talking about, you know, are we, she said, are we selling a house in a recession? You know, is that good? And, and so on and so forth. Yep. And I'm like, well, one moment we're in a recession, the next moment we're not. One moment uh, people are predicting one, the next moment it's done and it's priced in and we're out coming out of it now. Yeah. yeah. It's just so hard to try and pick some of these things. Yep. Um, Mate, that that
1: is a nice, beautiful Teetered segue. Knock this out into of the park. your topic. Now. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so that that is the perfect segue. So let me just bring up this first chart. So this is the S and P five hundred uh, for this year, this calendar year. So we're down fifteen point one percent, as I mentioned earlier. That's yesterday. after the twelve percent rise. Uh, what's that? That's after the yeah, twelve percent rise of the last few weeks. But the last month has been six percent yep. up 6.6 percent um so i guess the, the point of showing this is just the volatility you know we we kind of dropped out in in january mm-hmm. if you remember then it was kind of like we rallied and we dropped out again in in march hitting a new low rally kind of down into um may june you know again so it's you know we've had a lot of down up down like relief rally mm-hmm. fall further really for mm-hmm. fall further um they saying that we won't get that again. Uh, it may well fall, but just that up and down, up and down is really difficult to sort of um, you know, to predict, to expect. It's, it's rattling for, for investors. So this next chart I wanted to bring up is the trailing one-year S&P 500 average return. And, and we've brought this up before. Um, and the subsequent returns based on if you were fully invested, if you missed the best 10 days, 20 days, et cetera. And I guess the point here is um, it's impossible, you know, based on that last chart, it's really, really difficult to know when we're at that bottom and we're at that high. And if you try and play that game, be it professional or, or amateur mm-hmm. investor, um, it, the consequences of getting it wrong uh, are pretty significant. So if...
0: Look at the missed 10 best days. Yeah. Do you know what time frame this is over? Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't have the footnotes.
1: It's a one year. So they're looking at But what data set have they looked at? I'm yeah, not
0: sure. Uh, uh, these are generally run at, Yeah, for at least 20, 30 years. Yeah, something like that. Um, Can so you imagine, though, you missed t- the 10 best days? And we've talked about this where the best days follow the worst days. Yes. As we've seen. Yes. We've talked to clients that were just really like – do we, what do we do? What do we do? We're like, do we just ha- hang g- in there, yeah, hang yeah, in there. Yeah, and yeah. all of a sudden, in six weeks, the market's up 12%. Bounces.
1: So, So well this, the way to read this chart is, if you're fully invested, your average return over time is you 8.8%. Know, let's call it 9%. If you miss the 10 best days, your return is going to be 9.8% lower than if you were fully invested. So not a negative 9%, but 9% off that 9%, if that makes sense. Um, if you miss 20 best days you're down a quarter, so on and so forth. If you miss the 50 best days, so this is someone that's just panicked, isn't sure what to do, sitting in cash, sitting in cash long-term, your return is about half <laughs> of what it would be if you were fully invested, which is a phenomenal difference. I mean, that's that's huge. So your return's that's about That's wealth destruction, half, isn't it? That's how four, you... Yeah, I mean, that's... And this is without inflation. So you factor inflation in there and say it's three... Uh, you're basically treading water. Um, so there was this other chart that um, Bespoke brought up, which we'll bring up now, uh, which I thought was absolutely fascinating because the narrative is always, oh, the markets move or, or react pretty significantly based on Fed decisions. You know, so if the Fed's going to raise rates, let's just sit back and wait and see what happens, and then we'll get into the market after that. So it's a very specific event-driven kind of thought process. Um so this chart here is basically showing the intraday movements on the day that the Fed announced over, and this is for this year. So this is through March, May, and June. So you can see the blue there is March. So that's kind of trading throughout the day. The Fed announces at two o'clock, the market falls, two thirty about the low, and then it rallies to be you know closing at the that's high for the day. Isn't it? It's fascinating, and not that I would ever advocate for trading. Very short period of trading but at this all. This is just but the, this average. Is just, like you, you could have up. stocks you know going much higher, individual stocks much higher, and not recovering within that. Uh, then you've got June there in green uh, and the May and the light blue there. And it's just, I guess it's just kind of highlighted to me that the market is schizophrenic at times. Like mm. it just doesn't know what it's doing, doesn't know what to do. Mm. These are all fairly big rate rises. You know, the last two have been 75. I think the one before that was 50. So, yeah, there are big increases from start of this year. You know, we were saying we didn't think rates would go to 3% official rates. Uh, still, we're getting awfully close in the U.S. anyway. Uh, but, you know, people were talking about a, a half a percent rate rise will kill the market. Well, now we're getting 75, back-to-back <laughs> back 75s, um, which is, you know, kind of significant. Uh, and then the last chart I want to just bring up is... And this is from Jim Reid at Deutsche Bank, who we reference a lot. Um, so this is the cumulative S&P 500 price move during Fed meetings. So the three-day, or well, the two-day Fed meeting and, and the day following. Um, so since 1990, uh, and the move overall. So all days, this is what the market's doing in the light blue colour since 1990. So yeah, pretty strong. And in that dark blue, and the reason I kind of wanted to show this is you know, during those first so 10 years, 1990 through to 2000, the market still did pretty well based on Fed decisions and the Fed meetings.
0: I don't understand, what, what, is that, what does that, that uh, blue line mean? FOMC window dates cumulative S&P price
1: move. Yeah, so this is the three day, so what they're saying is, if we take a snapshot of um, the market movement in the three-day window around Fed meetings. so right. the Fed, during the meeting. So, so the, the meeting. start of the meeting to the day after the meeting. Right. So here's our three-day window. How's the market reacting around this time period? Gotcha. So, and then how does that compare to what the market just does generally? Ah, uh, I get it. Yeah? Okay, gotcha. So, so here they are. And, you know, you go through periods where the market doesn't really react, periods where the market falls, periods where the market's going up. So the point is... I see know, what you Even a longer on. time period... You know, we saw that intraday it's really difficult to know what the hell the market's going to do. Over a long period it's near impossible as well because you've got periods where the market's up, it's down. It doesn't matter. Over the long, long period, and this is a, what, 30-year time horizon, uh, the markets do well. This is just short-term noise. It's, it's not something you should be, you know, staking your financial future on, especially when you're many years out from retirement or you've just retired and you've got 20-odd years of retirement to fund you know, basing your decisions on day-to-day movements like this is just crazy. So that it, was – sorry, go ahead. It's almost like um, uh, I said this to Deb
0: um, a couple of – a week or so ago now. Um, I feel like, you know, you, you, never, you never build a house – but there's, there's a saying that says you don't build a house on, on tomorrow's weather forecast. So you don't – well, you don't design a house based on tomorrow's weather forecast, right? Yep. You design a house for, you know, the environment – but also for what you want and what you need. Mm-hmm. You know, you want four bedrooms, you want double storey, you want single storey and so on and so forth. And you kind of cover for the big major risks, right? And I think that sort of it can, can relate back to investment management, portfolio management. Like I don't think anybody should be investing for how the economic climate is right now. Like – no. In, in the grand scheme of things, I think it's irrelevant. I mean, maybe if you are you don't want to sell your house at this point in time, you're going to hold off for three months. Okay, maybe if that's the big sort of life decision for you and your family, it's going to then domino effect a whole bunch of things. Fine, that, that makes a lot of sense. But to, to, to look at what's going on in the market now or the forecast of what's supposed to happen in three months' time and design a game plan around that, it's just – It's crazy. Foolish. I
1: mean, it's pretty simple – Markets go up over time. The longer you're in the market, the higher the probability you are going to make money, and the longer you're in, the more you're going to make. I mean, it's it's as straightforward and simple as that. And trying to pick these highs and lows and whatever is, honestly, it's pointless. Taking a leaf out of uh, Warren Buffett's book. Uh, Warren Buffett's uh,
0: last... um, uh, Later? The annual meeting, the Berkshire Annual Meeting, where he says... uh, Wealth management and investing is very
1: simple, he says, but most people overcomplicate it. Absolutely. We we, we do. Uh, I don't know why, but it's super simple at its core. Um so there you go. Invest for the long term, don't time the markets. Probably could have saved ourselves 15 <laughs> minutes, really, couldn't I? Am I jumping in with this one now? Yeah, mate, go for it.
0: Um so when everybody hates stocks, it's time to buy stocks. Uh bes- Boak had this chart here, which I want to bring up now, the Conference Board stock market bull bear spread. So basically they take those that are bullish, subtract those that are bearish, and you get a a net score. So it's just a a spread. So this chart is showing that spread since 1987, and the spread is now at the most negative level in over a decade. So we haven't seen it this bad uh, for, for for over a decade, and you can see it in the late eighties. You can see it in oh three. To your point that you mentioned before, and it's typically a peak pessimism, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we saw it in 809 We saw it in two thousand and twelve, which I think was at the European debt crisis. What have been two thousand twelve? Yeah, far. I, I think can't it even was. remember. Yep. Um, I didn't even oh, have I kids guess. in two thousand and twelve. Wow, crazy a lifetime ago. Um, and now here we are today in July of twenty twenty two. This is what is what is going
1: on. Lower than twenty twenty. Just FYI, yeah, that I actually didn't even pick that up. Uh,
0: how interesting that is a is a global pandemic. <laughs> the world shuts down, yeah. everything's fine. Now we're, that, have now we're pessimistic. Have you seen that meme where there's that dog drinking a cup of coffee, and he's just and there's fire around him. The house is burning down. Oh, really? No, I haven't. And at it. It, it, the bottom, it just says everything's fine. <laughs> 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 um. So, what what bespoke. Do really really well, and I'll bring this chat up in a moment. And Matt, you and I love looking at these things. Is looking at history, uh, and you know, I was going to say dusting off the cobwebs and and whatnot off the history books, but here uh, there's no dust on the history books because we're we're opening them all the time. No cobwebs. Um, but looking, I think what's important is, I mean, you may want to take it with a grain of salt. You may not, but have a look at every. When we have been here before, how has the market reacted? How has the market responded? And so I'll bring this chart up now and it's the bull bear spread. What happens to the S&P 500 when this spread drops below 20? Which as we've seen, we've seen one, two, three, four. This is the fifth time we've seen this since 1987. Oh, there we go. uh, They've already done that for me. There's five rows there. (laughs) I'm counting the chart. Thank you, uh, George, it bespoke. Um S&P 500 performance, we've got nine, the um, 31st of October. Uh, this is a US date, 1990. This must be very normal for you to read, Matt. Very uh, not so normal for the Aussies. Um, 03, three, oh eight, and 2011. You can see what happens in one month. There's a 50-50 chance that in one month's time, the S&P 500 is up and the median performance is 2.7%. Sure. Have a look at three months. 100% of the time, historically, the market has been up three months Following,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and it's been up up nicely. I won't say average; it's the median, nine point one nine percent. Six months, Uh, the median rise has been almost fifteen percent. Four out of the uh, three out of the four times, seventy-five percent of the time, and one year later, seventy-five percent of the time. Oh wait, was the was the big one? It was a down further thirty-seven percent from there. Uh, 75% of the time, up 20%. And Bespoke had this, I'll quote, there's really not a lot to like about current economic trends lately, but if there's any silver lining, it's that history has shown time and time again that what shows up in the headlines today has already played out in the stock market months ago.
1: Absolutely.
0: I I think that sums it up so well. Uh, So where where we're sitting now, um, it is... Investors, consumers are very bearish. I don't know if you saw this headline. Um, I'll get this. I'll get this one up now as well. Uh, Yardini says S and P 500 has already bottomed. Sees no hard landing. So Yardini says that the um, the index level at 3666 was a bottom in June, mm, and compares okay. that to the intraday low in 2009 of of 666. The index fell to 666. It's absolutely mind-boggling. So Yardeni's saying no hard landing. He's called the bottom, uh, which was about six weeks ago. So far, so good. The question for you is, what do you think is going to firm up this rally? How do we know that this is not another relief rally? Uh,
1: I think... I mean, it, I think you go back to why the market's down. So it's down because of inflation and interest rates. And I guess, think if you see inflation starting to top out or roll over, then the expectations are that the Fed can slow or pause on rate rises. And then I think naturally you flow on to consumers start to feel better. You know, maybe wages get a chance to catch up with price increases. Uh, and then we, you know, company profits stay intact and then we kind of take off from there and I think yeah I mean I I think it's as simple as that uh, at this point the risk is uh, outlook statements for company earnings right now which haven't been too bad in the US if companies start coming out to say we can see earnings are going to start to drop off or sales are falling then you know we could go the other way But, but I think it's all about inflation and interest rates right now what do you yeah. think? Yeah, do
0: you I agree. I, I agree with you, and I and I think we're already seeing that with the way the market responded to the Fed's seventy five hike. There's, it's all positive, and the market's up. Yeah. as we
1: saw in the, in that early chart. Um, um pa- yeah.
0: Powell said in his statement that he feels as though the the Fed has done, the the hard, the hard, oh, hard rise they, that they've okay. done they've done that in yep. comp trying to combat um inflation. But I think what they now, what the Fed really, and I think that's why they went seventy five and not not a hundred, is because there are mm. other economic indicators, especially sentiment, that is literally falling off the face of a cliff. Uh-huh. And so I don't think central banks can simply look at what is going on with inflation. I think they need to also. I think I think they're uh, they're looking more closely, or they're giving a bit more weight to these other other numbers so i I reckon you're right i reckon if look we we could the market could have priced in the, the recession for the year who knows and i think your topic is the next one about the recession whether we're in a recession or not yep um but the i think the market does an excellent job in uh trying to find the perfect price at every single point in time I don't yeah. think there's any, there's any other way to look at that. The the question is is that are we going to test new lows from here? I mean time will tell. We might. We we might, but if if we're starting to get signal that we're not we're not testing these new lows, then Yardini might be right. We may have we may have seen the bottom for this for this bear market and we we could rally from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, alternatively, we could have a more severe recession uh, or a severe, let me call it, an economic downturn in the second half of the year or early next year, akin to that of the the tech wreck in, in the early 2000s, where I, I feel like this is very similar to that of what we saw in the tech wreck. Everything was looking good. Companies were still reporting. It wasn't until the year after that the the um, the backside fell out of the economy.
1: Yeah, and then you had September 11 in there as well, which... And that didn't help. Didn't help. Didn't help at all.
0: Um, um. So look, that's uh, um, I, th- I think I think um, markets do a pretty good job in pricing, uh, and if you you really want to be contrarian, you know I guess here's your opportunity.
1: Yeah, I like the analogy. when everyone's everyone's on one side of the boat. Kind of makes sense to be on the other Because generally You just said that right When we were up in
0: When um, we were up in Cairns We did some crocodile tours And whatever no, Tell us this last week then you went the and ate Some of the crocodiles No things. I'm vegan man I didn't eat the crocodiles The other people went and ate crocodiles <laughs> I ate lettuce and drank water uh, <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm not an expert um, I don't know Crocodile spotter No A person that drives a boat Oh okay A captain or a or Captain no, what? Yeah. Captain. The captain of a tinny <laughs> so, but he's observing right and he's like oh on the right hand side there's a ginormous croc that's joe and everyone goes to the right hand side of the boat right but they are the investors they are yep. the, the everyday investor mm-hmm. and you're the captain driving the tinny you're like guys what the fuck are you doing if everyone and, and they said you know what the saying goes if everyone's on one side of the boat you know what happens and then i thought become, wow. crocodile, food. <laughs> <You> become <laughs> crocodile food but that's a that's a really good analogy and I just that sort of just came to me now which is those participants they, they, they don't think about this stuff they're just no. like oh look over there or, look yep. and, and everyone's just and, and, and you and I uh, the guy at the back are going guys what just are you doing just, <laughs> just chill just stay where you are yeah.
1: <laughs> don't do anything <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and as I said before it's pretty simple it's pretty straightforward uh, it is, but it's long not. Uh, all right. So, uh, sorry, are you done? I'm never done, but keep going. No, know. Isn't <laughs> that the truth? Uh, all right. Let's go. So, are we there yet? The kids screaming in the back of the car. US recession. Are we in recession? So, last week I referenced this shady, they're not shady, this secretive group. <laughs> the <stone> of, cutters. <laughs> yeah, they're stonecutters uh, of US people um, that, that determine what a recession actually is. So I found the definition, which I was, thought was really interesting. So, so the group is called the National Bureau of Economic Research. And so they make the official recession call. They've got, that's their job. Tell us when we're in recession. It's usually many months after it started and often occasionally when it's finished, then they go, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> we just had a recession. Okay, excellent. It's, so, actually, it's actually quite funny, isn't it? When you, when you explain it to me like that. Yeah. Driving in the review, watching the review mirror, right? Uh, All right, so they define a recession as a significant decline in economic activity that is spread across the economy and that lasts for more than a few months. And uh, they look at a variety of factors, including labour market, so unemployment. Strong. Consumer and business confidence or spending. Industrial production uh, and incomes, among other things, but they're kind of the key things. Um, So that's what they use to make their determination. So are we in recession is the question. So here we go. We've seen consumer confidence. We've seen that a lot, and that has fallen off the face of the earth, but consumer spending is still pretty strong. I think we saw that uh, a few episodes Mm -hmm. ago. Um, So spending holding up. Uh, Labor market. So I'll bring up this chart now. This is from Bloomberg um, so with every recession since the end of World War II, the U.S. Imp- unemployment rate was either climbing prior to the declaration of a recession. Unemployment rate. Unemployment. So this is the, employ- uh, this is the unemployment rate. Uh, so it was either climbing prior to the declaration of a recession or it rose during the period where a recession was declared. So that's not the case this time around. So the first half of 2022, the unemployment rate has fallen from 39 to 3.6%. So based on uh, the MBERs metrics, that's a no. We're not in recession, that component. Consumer spending, not in recession. Consumer confidence, in recession. So Mm -hmm. we're one for three. Uh, What else have we got here? Um, And this one, this second chart here from Trading Economics is the consumer uh, confidence numbers. And as you can see, they're kind of... Falling. No, sorry, sales. Sales are falling, so 1.2%, quarter on quarter, 0.6%, 0.2%. So they are falling, heading in that direction. Um, and interest rates, so the Fed are raising rates. And this is, I guess, I was putting all this together, and this really caught my thought process or my, my train of thought. So typically interest rates take about six months to have an effect. So the Fed started raising rates. March, Mm -hmm. April? It's the alcohol, right? March. No, it was March. That's right. So we had our first shot in March, a few more shots since then. It's now starting to impact. But where we've gone from from in March to where we are now in terms of the rate, the official rate, if you fast forward three, four months from now, the last most recent interest rate increase that we've had, and if that... Uh, that continues to play out i.e people continue to pull back spending pull back spending pull back spending in three months time we could be having fairly decent negative quarters of economic growth if that trend plays out so my point being we've only just started to see the impacts of the first interest rate rises and we've already had two quarters of negative economic growth so it wouldn't surprise me if we have four quarters of negative growth this year and that's but, may not be in a, but we may not be in a but recession. We may not be in a recession. But that's assuming the Fed has finished raising rates as of earlier this week. I mean, if they, they could continue raising rates. I and think Powell did say that the, there's... Yeah, you go no, on, I was you just about to say that. No, go ahead. No, no, go for it. Uh, yeah, Powell said there's. They've, they've got one focus, and that's inflation. If that means the unemployment rate goes up, so be it, but we've got to get inflation under control. I think
0: it, what I was going to say, which is not that, which he no. said that there's... Um, the expectation for higher rate hikes is not, not, not off the table, but there's likelihood of less uh, severe hikes in
1: the future. Yeah, okay, so they're going to moderate the yes. rate at which they're increasing. Yes, yes. Yeah. okay. Uh, and then industrial production. So I've just brought up the GDP numbers here, which is the, from Statista. So we'll just bring this up here, and you can barely see it. Right at the right-hand edge there, uh, we had negative... percent in q1 of economic activity negative 0.9 percent of q2 and they're just those little red markers right at the end there um so we've had two quarters of of negative growth and that's not just industrial production but there's a a fair component in there consumer spending is also the other part or major component there imports exports etc so uh, while we're looking at this chart, the other thing that really jumped out at me was just how quickly um, GDP has turned negative previously. So if we look, uh, I and mean, we can always go all the way back to the 50s, 60s, but even if we just look, uh, what's that, 2008 for the GFC, You know, it started off kind of negative, positive, and negative, and then it just fell. What I would have said then was off the cliff, uh, and then looked took at a little 2020 while, <laughs> <laughs> Twenty twenty showed me what off the cliff is. Um, it recovered, and it's not unusual to have a negative quarter of GDP. You know, so we've got some in you know twenty ten. We've got some there in. I'm going to guess that's like 2011 12 somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not unusual. So two quarters of negative GDP growth is probably not overly unusual in terms of you can have one, yeah, maybe you could have two in a row, but if we start to have three and four, then I think you'd start to say, all right, we're, we're absolutely well into recession. I could be wrong, and I probably
0: am. I think I read somewhere that, e- even though we may, to your point, may not be in, a, in the nber's technical definition of a recession, but I, I, I believe, I could be wrong, that we haven't had two quarters of negative um, growth without a recession. So even though yes. that may not be the technical uh, definition of a recession, yep. we've never had a situation whereby we've had the two and we haven't had a recession.
1: That's Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think I read that too. Bloomberg or, po- yeah, or Statista, someone. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, and I guess to the interest rate comment, if if rates are still going up and we're only just starting to feel the impact of the first lot of rates, then you would say there's a fairly significant chance that we're going to have, if the next quarter is not negative, then current quarter we're in now, then certainly the one after you would think would be. So we may have three in the US, three quarters of negative growth this year. We might have four, but I don't think it's going to stop at two. Do you think people
0: are just smarter now and trying to anticipate, so anticipate the impact of certain things? So economically, I feel like people are more informed about, Economics and uh, central banks and interest rates and and as a as a consequence of that, naturally you try and protect yourself because you've got you know we're we're just human beings who try and protect ourselves. And so if there are these bad things that are supposed to be happening in the economy, do you reckon people just try and you know this is the everyday Joe Blow right tries to protect their financial situation and try and anticipate what something what something may happen or may not happen and so for that reason do you feel like these things become more more known and more people and that's why maybe some of these surveys are coming out the way they're coming out even though people aren't actually doing anything about it they're just feeling shit yeah and people are trying to anticipate and so it becomes really noisy really volatile and maybe short and sharper um, changes in whether it's economic activity or stock market declines. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think, um, you know, we've, I, we've talked before that uh, c- confidence, if you start seeing a recession in the headlines, you're going to start to pull back a little bit. And if that continually comes up in the headlines, I think you're going to come pull back, pull back, pull back. Consumer confidence falls. And I think I think confidence leads a lot of that stuff mm. in terms of it, it's kind of the 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 forecaster but
0: if everyone's everyone right. expects it do you think i mean i feel like there's two outcomes it's event you're either gonna sort of induce yourself into it or
1: yeah which, which or
0: yeah, yep um i just moved a couple of things around yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, hope i'm not confusing you or your train of thought um you're either induce yourself into it because i think you were referencing a couple of different charts on the doc um you either induce yourself into it or Everyone thinks it's that obvious that it doesn't happen. And then once everyone kind of just relaxes about the situation and then just mm-hmm. bang, it just smashes you in the face. <laughs> totally unexpected.
1: Yeah. Look, I think, yeah, I think, expect, I think consumers are pulling back and maybe it's not showing up in, in the high level numbers because, pr- and I guess the, the other thing I keep thinking about, I'll finish that thought in a sec. When you look at total dollar spend, I mean, that, I think inflation kind of masks some of that. You, know, mm-hmm. you you still have to spend, maybe not buying as many goods, but you're still spending the same amount of money. So that is a pullback, sure, certainly for those, you know, retailers or manufacturers or whatever. Uh, so that that's certainly part of it. But I think, um, you know, consumer confidence is has absolutely been belted, and I think it will continue to be belted as interest <laughs> rates go up, and I think people are absolutely start to pull back more and more and more and if we get a negative quarter of GDP growth here in Australia which we haven't yet uh, I think people start to panic because what do you see on the front page of the newspaper the next day recession negative, quarter, negative growth you know all that and it's just it's so self I told my kids feeling, today man. that we're in a recession
0: they're like what does that mean <laughs> <You're> like, uh <laughs> don't worry about
1: it <laughs> sit in the back seat hey two other couple other really really quick yep. things um U.S. June pending home sales down 8.6%, yes. two point, negative 2.1 was expected. Mortgage applications down 1.8 uh, versus that's for the week versus negative 6.3 the previous week. So housing is cooling in the U.S. There's zero doubt about that. Um, and just some other broader economic news. Uh, we don't probably talk about Australia enough. So Aussie inflation came in at 1.6, uh, sorry, 6.1% annualized versus 6.3 expected. Core inflation uh, was 4.9 versus 4.7. So the core number's going up faster than expected, but the headline is dropping, around. which is... That, that's an interesting. We'll see how that plays out. Retail sales in Australia for June grew a point two, Again, expectations of 0.5, I guess, to our comments earlier. And in Russia, just for all the Russians listening out there, um, uh, they're well and truly in their recession. So, since, so the GDP is negative... 4% since January. And if you annualize the June number, it's 4.9% of annualized. So they are not only in recession, but their recession is getting worse. I don't think anyone in the world, apart from Vlad, is probably surprised by that. <laughs> He's probably the only person <coughs> and wouldn't be feeling it. I wonder if um, the non US McDonald's sales is because of
0: what's going on over there. Non US <laughs> McDonald's. You talked about McDonald's, their sales were
1: down at non US. Yeah, no, the sales were up. No, up thirteen percent. Up three uh, percent in the US. Up thirteen percent outside the US.
0: What? I thought you said they were down.
1: No, did I say down? I I'll see. listen to it next week. I'm uh, just trying to look at your numbers. Another apology. Uh, yeah, McDonald's. I don't know where the McDonald's is. There it is. US sales growth. Ah, uh, non-US. 7, uh, okay. I saw the the
0: minus between non and US, but it's just uh, a hyphen. It's Just a little pause. Um, all, All right. right, what do we got? We got uh, director's, director's cuts. cuts All right, first thing. Uh, Neighbours, cut,
1: done, dead. Did you see this? <laughs> finished. I was out last night and I got a message on my phone, the 10 Now app. Watch the final episode of Neighbours. Neighbours. I was like, oh finished. That's right.
0: So apparently. Oh, did that, you watch it? I don't watch Neighbours. My, my parents wouldn't let me watch. You like f- You're offended by that comment. What? I don't know. I,
1: I don't watch Neighbours. No, because <laughs> we gonna... weren't
0: allowed to watch Home and Away when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, because, it, <laughs> like, I don't know, there's just stuff going on in Home and Away that uh, my parents didn't Scentily agree with. Usually clad <laughs> beach goers. Uh, but I, what I, what I think they – so what Bloomberg were reporting was they didn't keep up with, like, what's going on in the world. Oh, really? So, yeah, so in 2018 they they featured a gay marriage – uh, quote, the first transgender cast member came the following year, played an Australian actor and trans rights advocate Georgie Stone, who approached the producer to add her character. Critics rightly argued that these moves to reflect the realities of modern society came way too late. Mm. That tardiness helped entrench both at home and abroad a stereotype of Australia as a racist and intolerant nation instead of a place with a deep mix of cultures, religions and identities. That, I think that's a really good point, isn't it? Yeah, what do you think That's interesting It is I never um, I, 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 I'm like, Why why, the, why is this thing been cut I mean it's been going on For so long One I'd be surprised That it's gone off For so long But I was interested <laughs> To see why it was, why it was cut
1: um, Have you ever gone Maybe Past Ramsey Street Institution in I have not But I remember yeah. living When I was living in the UK People were like Oh where are you from Like Melbourne Like our oh, neighbors I'm like <laughs> oh my god Like Air They used to have just buses That would. T- yeah, like the neighbours bus Would take you there
0: Yep uh, Second thing From Bloomberg You'd like this one Quote A a Tinder Swindler victim lost her bid to blame ING for failing to stop her money being transferred to the con man, a Dutch court ruled. The Swedish woman alleged the bank breached its duty of care by not blocking the transfers that she made to a person who then sent the funds to Simon Lviv. The subject of Netflix documentary, the scam is estimated to have exhorted $10 million from Whoa. women who be befriended on dating sites. The Swedish woman was ordered to pay legal costs of... Two thousand three hundred and fifty-six euros. Like she hasn't been scammed enough, and then she gets you know, stung with another twenty-three hundred euros. Um, so he served. How the hell is yeah. the bank meant to know?
1: Like for fuck's
0: sake! It just—it's it, so dumb. <laughs> so I didn't know this. He served five months of a fifteen-month sentence, is and is now a. I was going to say a living free man, but he's now living a free, ma- a free man. is a living free man.
1: What does that even say? I don't know, mate. I and he's just, living a free man. He's now living <laughs> as a free man. Mate, this is quite a quote unquote from
0: f- Bloomberg. Who are these journalists
1: writing these things? <laughs> he's out of jail. He's out of jail. <laughs> That's all I need to do. But he's,
0: he's still wanted in like Sweden,
1: Norway, oh, really? Greece.
0: Okay. Yeah, so, so he
1: can't travel too far. <laughs> no. He's, is he
0: uh, from Israel?
1: Yes. Yeah, okay. I don't yeah. know why that matters. I just <laughs> sort of
0: ten million bucks
1: exonerated. Ten I, I, is that US dollars? Is it like who knows what? What the Americans? So probably, but US. you know, that's uh, well, he should be living comfortably for all these five work. months.
0: He serves five months for, for for stealing ten million bucks.
1: Would you would you do five months for stealing ten million bucks?
0: Yeah, but I'd, I'd, I'd okay, try a month and in
1: jail. would be hard work. alright. unless it's like <laughs> one of those Bernie Madoff type. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or the wolf from Wall Street dude. Like, nah, maybe.
0: So, but the big issue is, he's, he doesn't have the money because he he's just spent it all right.
1: Oh, yeah, I guess on his. But see, if you've got the
0: money, rollers and. You, the, 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 that money's, what is it, confiscated? <laughs> What's the, whatever the word is? I don't know
1: if they can find it, right? Oh, come on, how, how are
0: you going to. I don't know. Skase did it for years. Put it under your mattress. Maybe.
1: Uh, all right, uh, just a quick, yeah, quick one on, on Walmart. So sales guidance was lower, um, noting that higher prices are causing consumers to buy less, I guess, to our comments earlier. Um, so they're cutting prices, a la Target. Uh, deflationary, possibly. Walmart, Target, probably the two biggest bricks-and-mortar mm-hmm. retailers in the States. I can't remember. I can't think who would be bigger. Uh, So they're cutting prices, and if they cut prices, someone else is going to have to follow to compete. Uh, So that's interesting. Uh, But what was interesting is they're seeing a reduction in non-food sales, not food sales. Yeah. Which I guess is not surprising. You still have to eat, right? So you prioritise the the basics over whatever junk they've got on the shelves, a cushion or whatever the hell it is. Uh, Anyway, so that was just interesting. uh,
0: But don't you think that's kind of too late? so where, where, where consumers are at right now so yes consumers are still spending but if you know it's like saying um, properties going down it's like well different properties go up and different properties go down so what, what are you actually talking about so when you talk about consumer spending to your point food could still be going up but the, you know apparel you know, you know, how many I don't know puffer jackets do you need like yeah. nine yeah. no you probably just need one right yep. and so I don't know how, I think that's more discretionary even if prices Absolutely. come down, I, I just I don't, I don't know if right. people are actually going
1: to be buying. So your question is, even though they're reducing prices, that may not stimulate demand I agree. for that. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, I'm, that's yep. what I think. I think you're right. That's a good point. Uh, we'll find out. They it's, just have to keep cutting prices.
0: Yeah, I mean, it gets to... And it. then do they stop ordering other
1: stuff? They've already the stopped ordering. They've already has that stopped ordering.
0: Effect? They've already stopped ordering.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: So off to TK Maxx to buy to buy even better bargains. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> last year's Definitely. summer gear. Uh, tips and recommendations. Uh, what right. have you
1: got for us today? So I've got a, a recommendation uh, which none of you will be able to go and see. So it's almost pointless, but uh, I that think is it's a still worth shout-out. Yeah. Well, it's, I'll, I'll broaden it. So last night uh, we went to the Emmaus College uh school musical which was Anastasia which I'm sure you're all over the Russian royal family taken over by the Red Army or killed by the Red Army and so on and so forth.
0: You're more over it than I am.
1: Uh, And I just have to I was quite honestly blown away by the level of talent. Like just the two female leads well the four leads. Which which grade or which year? Well I it was the, the The whole school The whole school So no. I'm going to assume That the lead And I don't know her name But I would absolutely Give her a shout out Because she was phenomenal um, Anastasia I, I'd say she was like 11 or, Year 11 or 12 Would right. be uh, Okay sure I, I don't know Anyway Her voice was Like holy shit Just amazing like Yeah I, right You'd have to listen to it And Was, I was it at the, the school? No it was at Monash Clayton, that's the big Monash campus. I think it's Clayton, yeah. Which is just ridiculously large. Um so we're sitting there and she started singing and and my wife and I both turned to each other and went, Holy shit, like she was incredible. Like and we were walking out and I was saying to the boys, you know, we're just talking about it. And they're like, Could she be professional? I was like, Oh my god, yeah, like I don't see how like I just I couldn't tell the difference. She was amazing. Uh, and the other lead, which was a female lead, which was her grandmother, um, amazing voice, the two guys that were in there, really, really good. Mm. Uh, could really build a tune, just I was blown away. So I guess my recommenda- recommendation is high school musicals are going to be a hell of a lot better than you expect. <laughs> like, it was just, I was just absolutely, and I'm still a bit like, did I really hear that? Mm. Uh, do they record great. them and stuff, so they do record them. You can probably buy it. Mm. Um, but great, great musical. The production, I mean, the level that these kids go to, uh, like the the backdrop and mm. the stage, it's just amazing. I mean, mm. they really put a shitload of work into it. Mm. Uh, and it, you'd say, I mean, if you didn't know it was a high school musical, uh, you'd probably go, "Oh, that was a professional job." Like it was mm. a really well put together performance. Mm. Um, so high school musicals If you get a chance to go Give it a shot Yeah, It's probably better Than, than what you think Their uh, Leeds
0: parents Probably would have been Pretty, uh, pretty stoked Pretty uh, Yeah walk, don't Pretty chuffed you Walking wouldn't out with the, uh, Out of the auditorium
1: Yeah I mean they got A standing ovation mm. Oh uh, wow. The crowd were just going yeah, Mental wow. Like she was Exceptional Yeah I need to know her name Because I'm sure <laughs> We'll hear her Again in the future <laughs> At some I don't know Whatever It's, the it's Princess funny theater. you talk
0: about like detail I I, I remember I was um, listening to something that was talking about Walt Disney and when they were putting the theme parks together they the design team uh, replicated this bird or these birds or something and they said you know they they were showing Walt and they said look it's got everything it's got you know the feathers it's got the eyes uh, it's got the feet the size no one can tell the difference and Walt said I don't like it they said but what do you mean you don't like it it's it's, it's the perfect replica of this bird. And he said, uh, on, and, it, and, they, and uh, the designers also made it sort of breathe, so it kind of okay. does thing. Yeah, yeah. So said it even Fire breathes. Out. Walt said, because it's not real. People know that it's not real, and it doesn't have that soul and that love of that realness. Yeah, okay. And so, like, your comment about the detail yeah. of whether that was that good or not that good, like, I get a sense from you that there was just that much... Poured into this thing that you could feel it from the
1: performance. Absolutely, Mm. I mean it was, and it was great. And you know, I've been to a few kind of high school, uh, primary school musicals, and clearly they're not going to be as good. They don't have the budget, and so on and so forth. But just the 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 projected screen or the big screen in the Mm. background that kind of you know really gives that feel of you know you're on a train and you can see the the trees going past and the train, you know the the view of the train moves. So they're moving the train mm. as the background kind of moves. Just yeah, cool. really well put together. So shout out to all the kids at Emmaus that, that had anything to do with that. Really well done. Absolute great performance. I think they're on for the rest of this weekend, um, which doesn't help anyone listening <laughs> to this podcast. So that would be last weekend if you're listening <laughs> next Wednesday. Uh, but really well done. Well that. done, boys and girls.
0: Um, I've finally, I told you that I was going to Sherbrooke Forest Yes. Uh, I don't think a Sherbrooke Forest actually exists in Victoria. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very mysterious, doesn't yeah, it? Could. But um but we went to Redwood Forest in Warburton last weekend. Yes. And man, I got out of the car. I thought there was going to be no one there, but as I arrived, it's just literally when you it's, you know, dirt road and um um pot, what is it? What are the P- potholes? Potholes in the road and and whatnot. Um, I think I need to buy a four wheel drive. We go a lot of places where our cars so aren't supposed to go. go through potholes. <laughs> um, but I got it. There was one. So many people there, and there was actually a food truck out there
1: serving hot food and coffee, okay. and, and and it was pumping. So you didn't discover this place by the sounds of it. A few other people have found it's it, <laughs> and they they invited a few food trucks. So it's
0: uh <laughs> it's it's a really popular thing. Um, mm. But got out of the car, and man, I was literally blown away by just the height and the number of and just this know, this this sort of just this magical feeling of this of this forest so it's a man planted forest yeah um, and I looked it up it was planted in no, around the 1930s so it's been growing for 90 years Wow okay. and for one moment I, I was wondering if this was a natural thing natural forest but it's not all the trees are just, just- Lined up perfectly, row after row after row after row, and it is just you walk in there and there's just there's just this calmness that comes yeah, that yeah, comes yeah. over you, and it was yeah it was magical. We just went walks through there. Um, there's a there's a big uh, a large river that runs down the back end of the forest, and everyone just goes for. It kind of felt like um well back in COVID again. You know, people used to go nice. for walks, yeah, and just go out in yep. nature. Just, Get and so we took the, the boys, and they, man, as soon as they walked into that place, they were, they were just, just this calmness. They yeah, were right. loving it. It That's was so awesome. good. We spent, so cool. we spent hours there. Um, took a picnic rug, had nice. a picnic. So if you haven't been to Warburton, Redwood Forest, heading down to Warburton on a Can on a, a Sunday morning, grab a coffee down in Warburton shops, and head down the forest. So it's, did it's this
1: guy own the land and just
0: one day decided to plant a Do bunch you know of what I was dis- I, had w- I had the Wikipedia it, Wikipedia okay. it. There's no. You know, when you go to these places, there's a, there's a billboard. They yeah, yeah. just read the history of you know, yeah. what it is and why it's there and whatnot, but nothing. Uh, so I had the Wikipedia. I don't know. They came the, the trees came from California. They're, they're Californian yeah. red red. Um, Mate, that's California
1: trees. redwood. So I was telling you, So when we lived in the States, uh, so up north coast of California, uh, I can't remember the little town. Anyway, so it's, it's quite a ways up. Not quite Oregon, but, but most of the way. Um, they've got a massive redwood forest and you can drive your big ass US SUV <laughs> through the base of the stump of some of these trees. Why like did they these cut trees. the stumps out? Why didn't they go well, around? Well, some of them I think have grown because <laughs> they're American. They American. Just, Chop boom, the tree boom, down. <laughs> yeah, in the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there are a couple where it's they've either caught on fire and, and the middle has burnt out or they've just naturally, something's just happened naturally. It wasn't man-made. Like you can see it's, it's kind of happened naturally, right. and when you're up in it, I mean, you can see that it's kind of hollow in the middle. Yeah. And, like these trees just grow yeah. so so large, and they grow for, like hundreds of years.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, these, these redwoods Very are only cool, only
1: ninety years old.
0: So yeah, it's spring that's, chickens. That's my tip. Um, head down there on a weekend. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, spend a the day there. Have a picnic. Uh, enjoy the family. Um, let's let's wrap up. Um, Jump on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, everywhere you get your podcasts. Everywhere. Anywhere. Um, and just a reminder that on Spotify, you can listen and watch, uh, or if you just want to watch, you can jump on uh, YouTube. YouTube shits me because if the t- phone turns off, the thing turns off. Oh, yeah. What the hell's to deal with that? Well, you got to pay for the premium, oh, no. and it doesn't do that. Um, Deb yeah. sub- has subscribed to premium uh, mm. YouTube, so there's yeah. one user. I don't know anyone else that subscribes <laughs> to YouTube premium, <laughs> so. Well done, Deb. Um, all right, guys. We'll wrap up and we'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. My name's Robert Baharian, and I'm the founder and CEO of Baharian Wealth Management, AFSL 526-798. The information contained in this podcast by me, my colleague, Matt Rigby, or any of our guests may include general advice and does not consider your personal circumstances. You should seek personal advice from a registered financial advisor who can consider whether the general advice is right for you.